0: to the blessing of God. And so here are these guys who are about to experience something they had never experienced before. It's going to be amazing. And I'm going to do this just for you guys because I know the, half the balcony's out. If you can turn those on, you think you can? You can turn them all on if that will help. Maybe that will get them all on because I know, I know it's kind of, sometimes the lighting, uh, the board doesn't work real well. We'll try it. If you just get them all on, I don't care if they're all on. There might be a problem back there, but I know it's kind of dark. And I don't want you guys to be in darkness to be in the light, so keep working on it. If you can get them all up, that'd be great. But but here here they're on their way to church. And notice the Bible says here that there was a lame man. Do you see that in verse 2? You got him. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb. Everybody see that? That's the first thing I want you to notice about this story. There was a man that was lame. Number one, he was lame. Here is a man who's got issues. Now, where does he have those issues? Outside the church. He's at a gate called Beautiful. The gate called Beautiful was was outside of the temple. So here's a man that's got serious problems, and he's had problems for a very long time, right? Hey, do you consider a long time if you had a problem from your mother's womb? Does that sound like from day one to you? So from day one, we've got a man... Outside the church, he doesn't go to church. And by the way, there's many people outside the church today that have issues, problems. I mean, they are crippled. They represent, this lame man represents a crippled world outside the doors of the church this morning. Many of them you walk by this week. Many of them you walk by in your busy life, in my busy life, through the streets of Hot Springs. It would be just like a man sitting on the steps of our church as everybody walks in and just walks right by him. He's been sitting there for a long time. They've been sitting outside the church for a long time. They're not in the walls of this church like we are. We're sitting on padded pews with air-conditioned building, enjoying music and getting entertained by a preacher this morning while the world, the crippled world, is outside the walls of this church and they need help. And that's what this man represents. He symbolizes a crippled world at the door of the church. I want you to think about our world today. Many are crippled today in their bodies, aren't they? Don't you see today, because of the wars that we've had in the past 20 years, there are more men and women just in war alone because of the type war that is fought today that have lost their limbs. Literally thousands upon thousands of soldiers who fought in wars and now they are, they are lame. They're lame. And, and, and then there's others, even at our conference this week, we had crippled people at our con- in their bodies, in wheelchairs, couldn't walk right. There's people all over the city of Hot Springs that are crippled in their bodies, lame from their mother's womb. Or maybe somebody in this town who's been injured in war and today they are crippled in their bodies but you don't always see the limp sometimes people are lame and you can't see it some folks are lame and crippled in their minds that's why today there's more committing suicide than there's ever been in the history of the world more young people 13 years old 14 years old I hope you're hearing this because if you are it's going to cause you to sit up and listen when 15 year old kids are saying I don't want to live they're crippled in their minds When you kneel down on a Monday night at Teen Revolution next to a young man like I did, hundreds at the altar, and you kneel down and just one, just one, random, just one guy. You put your arm around this one guy and you say, hey, what can I pray with you about? And he, he says these two words, deep depression. And he's 15 years old. And that's his answer. Deep depression. Crippled in their minds. Crippled in their bodies. Others are crippled in their lives. Just their lives are a mess. Why? Because of drugs and alcohol. Because of other addictions, that, that, pornography and other things that have just crippled their lives. They cannot go on. They can't survive. They've got to have this, that, or the other. Because there's something inside of them that is just empty. And they're trying to fill it with something. And it's causing them to be crippled. As a result of their addictions, they find themselves getting DWIs and going to jails and prisons and and, and they're finding them, their marriages falling apart. That's why, number four, I want to say this, they're crippled in their homes. Divorce today is rampant. <laughs> I mean, we've got, we've got fatherless homes. That, that That's kind of the common thing now. Children being raised in fatherless homes. We have abuse in the home today like never before. We live in a crippled world. They're groaning. They're travailing in pain. But can I say this this morning? Really? 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 Really, we're all crippled. Really, I'm crippled. You want to know the truth about me? I'm crippled. I'm hurting. I've got things in my life I struggle with. (laughs) I'm so thankful today that somebody reached out to me. I'm so thankful today that even in my struggle, Thomas, I met Jesus one day. And when he touched me, he healed me and he continues to heal me and sanctify me. And and I continue to grow in his love and his grace as I experience that love. And it's an awesome thing to, at some point in your life, have had somebody to stop and, and say, Jesus loves you. We're all crippled. Sickness has done it. Sorrow has done it. Sin has done it. Satan has done it. I remember years ago, I... I got a hold of a musician, and of course, 30 years ago, if you grew up in the kind of church I did, Steve Green would have been somebody that, you know, you couldn't listen to. Sometimes when you've grown up in a real religious type of an atmosphere, you're told not to listen to certain musicians, and then 10 years later, it's okay, and that's kind of the story with Steve Green. Steve Green's okay today. He wrote a song called, People Need the Lord. It's an old song now. It's not all that old. I mean, it's not like 50, 60, 100 years old, but it's about 30 years old. I'm not a very good singer. I'm not. But as I was studying for my sermon this morning and putting some finishing little touches, I called our secretary, Jamie Wagner, and I said, would you get me the words to this? And and let me sing just one little verse for you. It's not going to be pretty, but it'll be hopefully meaningful. Every day they pass me by. I can see it in their eyes. Empty people filled with care. Headed who knows where. On they go through private pain, living fear to fear. Laughter hides their silent cries. Only Jesus hears. People need the Lord. People need the Lord. At the end of broken dreams, He's the open door. People need the Lord. People need the Lord. When will we realize people need the Lord? People need God. The lame world is sitting outside of the church of God. And most of these people don't go to church. But they are our responsibility and their problems are our challenges. We should look at their problems as their problems. Their problems are our challenges. Their needs are our challenges. And our job, our calling, is to go outside the walls of this church and not pass by those who are crippled in a world full of sin. I want you to notice, first of all, that lame man who was crippled. But you know what? The Bible says... In Luke chapter 4 and verse 18 on the screen, and this is an Old Testament prophecy, it really is, Isaiah speaks about this in chapter 61 verse 1, but I'm giving you the New Testament version of it. Luke four eighteen says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. That's a good question for all of us to ask ourselves this morning. Is the Spirit of God on us? Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to the poor, to the brokenhearted, to the captives, to the blind, to the bruised. Do you see it? That is the world for whom Jesus came to die. That's the world. That's who we're walking by. That's who we're too busy to stop and talk to. In our busy lives, listen, you know why? Because they bother us, they take time, they smell, or they've got problems, they've got issues, and so what we do is we we don't even want to shake their hands because then we've got to get our sanitizer. Really? Really? We're so concerned about, about, about you know, well, I, I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know them very well. I, they look like they've got issues. I, they may have some sort. When Jesus says, that is the world who I came and died for. If we're going to start a revolution, we've got to start noticing the lame. Number two, not just the lame, but I want you to notice he, he was lame, but he looked. He looked. He, he looked. Look at verse two of our text. This is incredible. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them, that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Darian and Isaiah, about to go into the temple, asked alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him. This is incredible. Are you listening? Don't miss this. Peter looked at him. Peter... Saw the lame man, Peter fastened his eyes on him, and the Bible says that he said this: Look at me, look on us, look at me, sir. Almost as if this man was so shocked that anybody that looked like they had it together, that anybody who on the outside wore the suit, the tie that was clean cut had it all together, and they 're going to stop. It's almost as if Peter, the the, the point made here is that we have a responsibility to stop and engage people and say, look at me. Look at us. And then when they look at us, we need to have something to give them. Notice they called attention to themselves. They said, we are representatives of Jesus Christ. That's why every time we sing and worship, we are saying to a world, Hey, look at us. We've got something for you. Jesus has changed my life. Can you tell? Can you tell? Can you tell this morning that Jesus Christ has done something for Erica Pacey? I hope you you could tell it before I got up here. I hope there was something about my life from the very moment you walked into this building that said, Dude, that guy is excited about something. Every time we stand to preach, every time we stand to preach, we're saying to a lost and dying world, look at us. Look at us. This is real. This is authentic. I love you. God loves you. Every time we pray and witness, we're saying to a lost world, look at us. And then notice verse 5. It says, and Peter fastening his eyes upon him said, look, look, look on me. And he gave heed unto them, expecting the lame man, the lame man, gave heed, expecting to receive something from them. Listen, if we're going to say, look at us, we better have something to give them. We better be ready to meet their needs. If you notice in verse number two, the guy was asking for money, right? He was asking for alms. Did you see that? You run into a lot of people that'll ask for money. They'll beg for money. But what did Peter and John say? Hey, silver and gold, verse 6. Silver and gold have I none. But I'll tell you what I do have. I I got a couple bucks. I'll buy you a McDonald's hamburger. I got 50 cents get you a cup of coffee. I don't have much money. But I'll tell you what I do have. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He gave them something. Not money. Not money, but a miracle. Would you rather have a quick fix with money just to fill you for the next meal or would you rather have the miracle which is the bread of life where you'll never hunger or thirst again? Amen? They needed that miracle. Oh, listen, millions today never go to church. Never go to church. They won't go to church. Why? Because they go and they've been before. They've been disappointed. They sit. They're not treated all that kindly for whatever reason. We don't know them. They look different. They got issues. We've heard something. They're on our turf. They're sitting in our seat. And so guess what? They don't go anymore. You got your wish. Don't worry, they're never coming back. They're they're out there by the thousands. They they come, but they're not coming back. You know why? Because when they came... They didn't get what somebody said would be waiting for them. It's kind of like, Jerry, if I invited you over to my house today for lunch, and you and your precious wife, Bang came over. And and you walked in the door, and, and we said, hey, we're glad you're here. Have a seat. And you sat down, and the table was ready, and the glass was filled with ice, and the plate was ready, and the napkin was ready, and the knife was there, and the fork was there, and everything was set. The table was set. And after a few moments, he said, "Uh, Hey, uh, preacher, you guys having any food? (laughs) Well, no, Jerry. No, we're not having food. Why? Did you come here expecting that? Table set, but no, we don't have anything for you. That's the church today. We set the table. But we don't have anything for the lost. They don't connect. They, they don't feel at home. They What am I saying today? I'm saying the purpose for which we even have church is that people could come and feel loved and feel accepted and feel cared for and feel as if this is exactly where they need to be and be so loved and, and be so cared for and, and, and to feel as if this is, this is where I'm going to get an answer to my problem. We have nothing to set before them, but we need to have something to set before them. And so this morning, we know that we need to invite the lame world, to look on us and give heed. But if they don't have anything to receive, they're not coming back. I want you to notice the third word. Not only he was lame and he looked, but, but thirdly, notice he got a lift. He got a lift. Look at verse 6 and 7 of our text. It's pretty cool. So Peter says, remember this, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand. He just took him. He said, hey bro, Grab a hold of my hand. Come on. And he, what's it say he does? And he lifts him up. He picks him up. He doesn't get his sanitizer so excuse me, hold up. Let me just get my, you filthy dude. You a mess. No, no, he wasn't worried about that. He wasn't worried about that. He said, come on. And he got a lift. He got a lift. Can I tell you something? What people need today as they come to church, they need a lift so many people just need to be encouraged with a lift. After the look came a lift. It's like trying to sing, love lifted me sitting down. You ever heard that song? I was sinking deep in sin, fall from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, and from the waters lifted me. Now safe am I. Love lifted me while we're sitting down. That's why here at Gospel Light, we don't sing any songs sitting down. Amen. We try to sing songs, and, and actually when the song says, raise your hands, raise your hands, why not? Why do we sing stuff and we don't, we don't participate? It's amazing. I mean, listen, this world needs to see it's not just words, it's not just mouth service. God has really made a change in my life. Love really has lifted me. It really has. I was sinking deep in sin. God changed my life. And that's not something to to just say, oh, this happened. No, no. This changed my life. He got a lift. But I want you to notice not only did he get a lift, look at that same verse in verse number seven. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received what? Strength. You know what I have written down next to that word? Life. He didn't just get a lift. He got life. We're not just in the uplift business. We're in the new life business. You see, too many churches are just giving a lift today. We're just giving you a little lift. Hey, uh, Thomas, I hope you feel better today. Glad you came to church. Hope it'll last till, hey, hope it'll last till next Sunday. God bless you. Hope hope it'll work out. Hey, Steve, hope, hope you liked it today. We tried to get you up there, tried to... Got to make you feel good for a, at least an hour and a half. Ho- hope you got that lift. <laughs> it's about like saying, "Hey, hope you enjoyed that drag off that marijuana weed. Hope that gave you a little buzz. When it wears off, take another buzz. That's about churches today. Just, just, like a cigarette, just like a one drink of wine. Just hope, hope you got a little buzz when you, when you, when you drank that little wine. Seriously, that's about all we're worth. It's just a little buzz." Can I tell you something, church? We're not here to give you a quick buzz. We're here to see God change your life. This isn't about a quick buzz. This isn't about, oh, I hope you felt better today. No, this is about what God can do for you, not just on Sunday, but on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday. This is what it's all about. Jesus can change your life. He doesn't just give you a quick lift. He gives you life. And that... More abundant. Hallelujah. Giving life is a lift that lasts. There's only one name with life in it. That name is Jesus. And that's where the power is. Amen? The power is in the name of Jesus, Doug. The power is not in the preacher. You see, we think, well, hey, I'm just going to come. Boy, I hope Brother Eric has something. Man, I tell you what, ugh, you know, I hear this all the time. Well, I, I went to another church, not all the time, but I've heard this before. You know, I went to another church because I just, you know, I mean, I just, I needed, the preacher wasn't, he wasn't doing this or that. He, he just didn't have it, uh, or he, he wasn't feeding me. I've heard that about folks that have come here and folks that have left here. The preacher, the preacher, the preacher. It's all about the preacher. You're missing it. It's not about the preacher. It's not about the denomination. It's not about being a Baptist or an independent Baptist or a, what are you? I'm a Southern Baptist. What are you? I'm a missionary Baptist. What are you? I'm a free will Baptist. What are you? I'm a, what kind of Baptist? I mean, there's all these categories, right? And all these categories are, 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 I mean, it's like I'm this kind of Baptist or I'm a Methodist or I'm a United Methodist or I'm a Presbyterian. We've got these labels, don't we? It's not about your label. It's not about the church. Well, I I go to church. That's where it's at, right? The church. No, let me tell you where the power is. The power is in the name of Jesus. That's why you can have church here. You can have church at your home. You can have church at the coffee shop. You can have church on the street. You can have church in your backyard. You can have church anywhere because the power is not in the church. The power is in Jesus. And Jesus says, I came to give you life. I came to give you power. And we're saying, well, I'll go Sundays, or, well, I'm a Baptist, or, well, I like Brother Eric. No, it's Jesus. Jesus is where it's at. So just in case I ever die, and just in case there's no church to go to one day in America, because we have to go to the underground church, and just in case uh, they, 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 you, know, you, you ever decide that it's just not all that important to be a Baptist or a Presbyterian or Methodist, you still have someone you can serve. If all that leaves you, you still got the only thing that matters. Jesus. 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 He's in the uplift business. He's in the new life business. Hey, he gives life. Notice on number 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 five. He, he was lame. He looked. He got a lift. He came to life. And then look at verse 8. Look at verse 8 in our text. Well, let's look at verse 7 again. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he... You're not going to like this. You're not, Especially if you're Baptist, you are not going to like this. And he leaping, by the way, in the temple. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple. Walking... And leaping and praising God. He's leaping. So the lame man who looked got a lift. He got life and he leaped. He leaped. Many of us have lost the leap in our churches because we don't have life. So we've lost the leap. And we're afraid to leap. We're afraid somebody might think we're crazy. We're afraid to show any emotion. Man, at Teen Revolution, there's a new song, that Hillsong Young and Free. I really like Hillsong. Every kid, you know, if you listen to Hillsong Young and Free, you, you love it. These guys are young, and they are excited. They love to sing. Right, Dustin? You ever, you ever been to one of their concerts? They're energetic. They have a song called Alive. You know, I was lost with a broken heart. You picked me up, now I'm set apart. From the ash, I've been born again. Forever forever safe in the savior's hands you are more than my words can say i follow you lord for all my days fix my eyes follow in your ways forever free in unending grace and then it goes crazy (laughs) because you are you are you are my freedom we lift you and so what happens is is joe is leading this song and all these kids are jumping up and down like this this is all they're doing what is this called Leaping. leaping Is this in the Bible? So am I okay right now? Am I okay to do it in church? Hey, here's my point. I'm not asking you to leap. If you don't want to leap, don't leap. But leap in your heart. Be excited that somebody else is excited. Amen? You say, I'm too old to leap. Well, be glad. Hey, when you were 16, you would have loved it. You'd have loved it. Hey, I leaped at 50, and I I didn't blow my Achilles tendon out. I didn't sprain my ankle. I probably looked a little bit different. I bet a lot of kids said, look at Brother Eric. He's leaping in the building. I'll tell you why I was leaping. Because I was lost with a broken heart. He lifted me up. Now I'm set apart from the ash. I've been born again. Forever safe in the Savior's hand. He is more than my words can say. I follow you, Lord, for all my days. Fix my eyes following your grace. Forever free in unending grace. I'm about ready to explode cause you are, you are, yes! Listen to me, we need to get the leap back in our churches, in our hearts for God. We need a generation and we need to be okay with it. We need to be okay with a generation of young people that are excited about expressing their love for Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Have I done anything so far that's been sensual? Is this sensual? I'm not going to do anything sensual because I know. First of all, I'm not good at it. (laughs) I don't know how to do the the real stuff. But I do know how to do this. Throw up 2 Samuel on the screen. I do know how to do this. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. I do know how to wear myself out dancing before the Lord. (laughs) I do know how to get excited about Jesus. It's not going to be sensual, but it will be exciting. I've seen people jump up and down to basketball games. I've seen people jump up and down to the rock concert. What's wrong with jumping up and down for Jesus? What's worldly about that? It's in the Bible. A man who got Jesus, he got saved, and he leaped all all the way into the temple. Hey, I'm not talking about this epilepsy stuff. You get on YouTube and do this. There's going to be a little, you ever gone on YouTube and there's a little place, you, I'm not good at this stuff, but I'm getting better. You can like, what the question thing is, you can type something in. Type in, man jumps in the baptistry. Oh, it's a classic. <laughs> it's in the independent Baptist church. I've I, I preached there before. It's crazy. This guy, literally, runs down the aisle, throws his jacket at the preacher. The poor guy's 80. He's 80. He throws his jacket, disrespects him. The jacket is covering this man's head. He's like lost in it. He's like, I think he's, I'm I'm like, oh, bless his heart. That's what I'm thinking. So he's got the jacket. you got to do this. Man jumps in the baptistry. So he's got this jacket over his head. Then the dude jumps in the baptistry. I mean, like, just, can you imagine this morning? I'm not talking about this. I'm talking about jumps and starts swimming in the baptistry. Now, who is the attention going to be on if that happens this morning the man who had a seizure and lost it and got out of line you see don't miss this because we are so afraid of the extreme we compromise with what's right we're so afraid well I just don't want it to get out of hand it never got out of hand with 1,000 teenagers at teen revolution did it Never. Those kids were phenomenal. It was unreal what we saw God do in that building. Nobody got out of hand. Nobody was out of line. Personally, I didn't even really notice one person doing it. It just looked like a building full of kids that were in love with Jesus. You ever been in a building full of people in love with basketball? What do they do? What do they do? If they're in love with the game of basketball, they don't watch it like this. Good shot. LeBron James dunks 360 dunks. Wow. That's good. Here's what happens in my house. We're LeBron fans. I know that's probably not good, but we are. Here's what Mo and Joe do when LeBron dunks they go. They, they, they're sitting in their recliner, right? They go, whoa, 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 oh, did you see that? That was sick. Dude, that was on fleek. And I'm like, that is over a dunk. Pray tell me if a dunk compares with 50 kids getting saved. (laughs) Am I okay? Still not sensual? (laughs) Still not sensual? (sighs) Hey, excuse me, I just got back from a youth conference. (laughs) I'm 50 and I'm bald and I'm trying to have some fun. God is good, man. Look at this one, Luke six twenty three. amazing verse. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. Leap. All I'm saying is this. I'm not suggesting anybody in this church does that. All I'm suggesting is that in our hearts, at the very least, we're excited when somebody does. We're good with it. We're happy for people to get excited about Jesus. We're not doing this thing. Look at them over there raising their hands. wonder what that means. I don't, I don't think it's sincere. What do you think? What do you think? If you had the guts to tell them what you really thought, you'd say, Shut up, you judgmental Pharisee. But instead, you'll just say, You know, yeah, they're, they're probably. Just be happy for them. And maybe pray a prayer like this Lord, give me that kind of joy for my salvation. I am so, I don't know why I can't raise my hands, Lord. I just don't feel comfortable in church doing it. But God, if you ever let me feel comfortable, God, I'll do it. That'd be cool. He leaped. And then finally, I'm done. Look at verse number 8. And on the screen, he began to live out loud. I'm done. He began to live out loud. Look at verse 8. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. How many of y'all think that was loud? I mean, when you've been from your mother's womb, Job, when you've been lame from your mother's womb, by the way, anybody in here born in sin? Who's born in sin? Raise your hands. Well, you were lame from your mother's womb. All right? When you've been lame since your mother had you, and, and you get healed, and you start leaping, Job? You praising God like a black man. And nobody praises God like these guys. I'm telling you, man. Am I right? And he could take it. I know that. I'm saying that in good spirit, right, Junior? Amen. <laughs> you praising God like Kirk Kirkland. Remember that? Kirk got us going, man, at the youth conference. He got he got that piano going, and we was all singing, you know, praise songs. And, but we was doing it. Black church style, man. And you know what's funny about a black church style? You don't even try. I, pro- you, I, I tried not to, and I found myself going, I'm like, why am I doing this? It's because Kirk Kirkland worships in his culture. And when you got 95% of a white congregation with a black preacher worshiping, you start trying to worship like him. Praising God. Loud. Living out loud. Let's read on. Alright, look at verse 9. And the people saw him and walking. They saw him walking and praising God. And they knew, oh my soul, that's the guy that used to beg at the beautiful gate. No! No! that's. The, hey, look! He is walking and, and leaping and What's he saying? Listen, what's he saying? Wow! praise you, Jesus! I love you, Jesus! He's, He's bragging on Jesus. This is unbelievable. I'm telling you, that's the same guy that I've walked by a million times. I'm telling you, that's him. Read it. And they knew, verse 10, that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened to him. And the lame man, verse 11, which was healed, held Peter and John, and all the people ran together. In other words, Peter, John, don't move. Stay right here. Don't don't move. Don't move. Uh, Don't move. Stay, stay, stay. I'm coming back. Stay. Guys, they got the answer. It's changed my life. You getting it? Man, when this guy got healed, it started an uproar in the community. People started saying, This is incredible. This man named Jesus, he can do things no one else can do. All Jerusalem was in an uproar. And Peter and John, it got so crazy. Peter and John, they forbade them to speak and preach in Jesus' name. And you know what they said? We ought to obey God rather than man. You want to throw us in prison? Go ahead. You can't keep us silent. Wow. Sound like that might happen in America soon? I think so. And then finally, you read about the church a couple chapters later. They had a prayer meeting. Get this. And an earthquake came. An earthquake. The bottom line is this. When a lame man looked and received life, that caused a lift and then a leap that stirred up the church to live out loud. And I'm going to ask you, would you leave this building today with more than a buzz, with more than a quick fix? Would you leave this building today with a jump in your step? I can't wait. I can't wait, not till next Sunday. I can't wait till tomorrow. I can't wait till I get to share with somebody what God did for me this morning. I can't wait to talk to my neighbor. I can't wait to talk to my boss. I can't wait to talk to my family. I want this to be a moment in my life where the revolution begins. And I live out loud for Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed.